Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. This is Zach Welch. And this is? The Good Life Bowhunter, official podcast of the NBA. That it is. Here we are again. Uh, just going to start things off. Just go ahead and uh, got a special guest on tonight, Zach Farenbaugh. Zach, I said your name right, didn't I? You sure did. Perfect. You want to go ahead and just give us a quick intro of yourself, and then we'll run through NBA announcements, and we'll get into it. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm Zach. I uh, make YouTube videos with my buddies, and our channel is called The Hunting Public. Um, pretty much just hunt public land, uh, travel around, try to hunt as many different places as we can in a year. Uh, it gets pretty ridiculous how much time we spend on the road, but it's really fun. And uh, I grew up in Ohio, um, moved to Iowa out of college, and then that's where I'm a resident of officially right now. So, uh, or a resident of the road is what I like to call it too. <laughs> but yeah, just love hunting, man. That's pretty much my favorite thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think most people listening to this can probably say the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's probably a lot of truth to that for sure um yeah before we just kind of dive into things zach you just want to run through a few announcements uh, sure. yep so oh, uh that's zach. Zach. Yeah. Zach. <laughs> yeah we were talking earlier this might get confusing we got two two zacks on here so everybody just bear with us on this one but no uh last episode we talked a little bit about how halsey we are planning on having it so plan on making it this year. Um, still not sure uh, what the details are going to be, what events we're going to be able to have, what we're not going to be able to have. We probably aren't going to know that until a couple weeks out, but plan on making it. We're still going to have all the shoots and everything. Um, aren't going to want to miss it. Other than that, uh, the last meeting we talked to uh, Game and Parks or talked a little bit about how Game and Parks is going to look at reducing mountain lion tags this year and combining the north and the south unit into one. And we were also talked about how turkey populations in a lot of the parts of the state are declining. I can't say the same for up here, Kyle. I, I think uh, our turkey numbers up here are about as good as they have been in, you know, the last five, maybe yeah. in 10 years. And down there, I know by Lexington, there are quite a few, but I know there are parts of the state that are seeing declines in them. And I'm as the Western wildlife rep, I'm trying to type something up to get into game and parks. So if you have anything to say, get a hold of me or Mike Lutt is the Eastern wildlife rep. We're trying to get something typed up here in the next week or so. So if you have any input, get a hold of me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. But other than that, that's all the NBA announcements I got. Perfect. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say that uh, I did hear that from, from several people that um, I don't know, Zach, you go all over the place. What uh, Did you th feel like turkey numbers were down this year, or what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, no. And, you know, I got a lot of reports from a lot of people saying, you know, punting pressure was crazy this year. Um, one thing that I'm sure helped Nebraska, and I'll be honest, I'm never going to not be a little salty about is the fact that they – those non-resident tags like I'm pretty flustered I got pretty flustered at that because like it is just one of them places that like for me is just kind of an easy one to yeah. get and I was like oh I'll hit that at the tail end of the season and then I had to 
made different plans. And I'm, I'm being a baby. I'm just complaining for no reason, but uh, I'm sure that helped in Nebraska's um, bird numbers though, because, or, or at least we'll put it um, at a head start for next year, just because I know there's, I know tons of people that hunt Nebraska non-resident. So not having those non-resident tags, I'm sure makes a huge difference, but otherwise, I mean, I didn't feel like I saw any crazy amount of pressure, nothing that I wouldn't expect. And, numbers seemed pretty good everywhere I went but you know I also don't really have a home base so I just try to go where I think it's there's good numbers you know I, I target areas where I think there's not going to be a lot of hunters and hopefully high numbers so that's <laughs> yeah. you know I don't have a place where I'm sitting around looking at them you know exactly. year in and year out so it's a little different for me right if you don't find birds go to where they are so that's right yeah that's right um yeah and uh just a little plug i know uh zach i know you mentioned your you know you guys make youtube videos and you know you've got the show and stuff and i just i just want to put a plug in that um you know you guys have some just some great content and just uh definitely appreciate the stuff that you guys do and just all public land it's just all i mean just real guys you know out doing doing uh doing what we love so um you want to just like talk about like you know how you guys started doing this like what what did that look like I mean maybe you probably get this question a ton but like yeah you know how did how did this come about like well we all met through Midwest Whitetail is the company that we were working for before um, THP so um, 2015 I started there but Aaron and Greg started earlier they met and um, or they they started in 20 Greg was 2010, Aaron was 2011. Aaron and I were both interns and then got hired on full-time after, but we were working there and, um, you know, we, we all just had very similar hunting situations growing up, like hunted public land or, you know, family property or permission, you know, just, I mean, literally just exactly like most guys' situations, you know, just hunting wherever you could, right? And, um, when we met, we all realized that one thing that we had in common is we all loved public land hunting, you know, Aaron, Aaron, uh, had been doing, had been starting like the public land aspect of Midwest whitetail. And right away I was just drawn right to that. And I mean, when we worked together there, I mean, we were constantly talking like, man, how cool would it be to just go travel the country and hunt all these different areas and, uh, you know, just go try different stuff and who cares about big bucks. And I mean, you know, everybody cares, everybody's hunting a big buck, but like, you know, it's not necessarily all about that. It's like more about learning about deer and experience, you know, exploring new areas, stuff like that. And, um, we just, eventually got to a point where you know we didn't feel like we were able to go that direction with working at midwest whitetail and that just kind of because of that you know thp is i guess thp is just a product of that really so um being able to like just go try new stuff was really the whole (laughs) the whole like base of it and then like the other base i guess our other main part of it is just the more people that we show the public land hunting is fun 
the more people are going to care about it, the more people are going to get involved, the more, like we're going to grow hunting and that ultimately will hope, hopefully protect it. You know, it's like the more people care about it and more people are there to stand up for it. And, you know, we just felt like it wasn't really going in the right direction as far as, uh, you know, most of hunting media goes, not all bad, but, you know, for the most part, it just wasn't relatable. And, you know, whatever you want to call it, success or not, like win or lose, like it's just some guys going hunting and like that's, we're not trying to make it seem like we shoot a giant buck every time we go out because that's just not reality. I mean, sure as heck ain't reality for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it, how it started and just have fun, you know, really. I guess that's that's ultimately it. Like, we just have a blast. I'm literally living in my dream job right now, so. Exactly. Very just happy. All, all your videos, you know, like you said, it just seems like you guys are always just having a blast on the road. I mean, even when you're not hunting, you guys are always joking around and stuff. And mm -hmm. just it's so authentic, you know, your stuff's real. You're having fun. You aren't on a script or anything. You guys are out there just... I mean, you're making the most of it. You're showing everybody what it's truly about. And those of you who aren't listening to this, I encourage you to watch it because, you know, you guys in your show, you offer something that you can't find on the outdoor channel. You know, you go, I mean, I'm not going to dog on the outdoor channel or anything. Those are, there's some good shows on there, but as far as like real, like the, what the real hunting experiences and should be about, that's something you guys have to offer that, you know, a lot of these other shows don't. And that's what makes it unique. No, that was excellent. Zach, what do you guys look for? Like when you decide where you're going to go hunt an area, what, what do you, I mean, I guess where do you start when you find a piece of public, uh, when you're going to new areas, what do you look for? Or how do you decide where you're going to go? Uh, I mean, some of it's, some of it's just like, I guess that depends. What do you, do you mean whitetail, turkey or, or, anything in general um i guess whitetails would be specific you know that's what you guys look for um that's kind of what you're known for i, I yeah. guess specifically with whitetail yeah i feel like yeah and i feel i also feel like that's the one thing that uh, most people can kind of generally ask about it's like i guess the biggest thing when i'm looking for something or anybody because you know we all we all pick and choose spots you know differently at different times and different states and whatever and when I'm looking at a spot, I just want to get away from the city. I don't want to be around the city. I don't want to be around a bunch of houses. Like I'll zoom into roads and count houses in a square mile block. And if there's too many moving on, just taking a huge you know, chunk of the map and moving, you know, areas that have lower human population are just going to be better because you got less roads, you got less houses, you got less human activity, you got more deer habitat. Um, that's a start. That's like the very first things. So like I'll pick, you know, certain sections in a state and then I'll go into those sections like, okay, you know, like in Alabama, for example, I'm not going to try to pick a piece of public land like right by Birmingham. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to poke around the map and check different areas out that are kind of far away from not only cities, but also like big four lane highways too, anywhere where people can travel state to state quickly. Um, for example, um, there's a piece of public land in Ohio that I used to hunt that's close to a four-lane highway. 
not a good place to be. So is so does everybody else from all the other states. Like they all hunt that too. And I mean, it's just a matter of like kind of picking those spots based off of human population to start or, or just uh, easily traveled areas. And then it's just a matter of like looking for habitat that has got the types of diversity for that given area or state that, I, you know, I or we think that the most deer are going to be in. Um, you know, it's, it, it varies too, because like, um, maybe one time out of a trip you want like a more, a more open hunt, like, for example, in some states, you could hunt areas with a bunch of big clear cuts where you kind of want that more open ground hunting experience. But then uh, in another part of that same state, you may be just looking like, hey, you know, I just want to hunt heavy timber. Um, so that, kind of, that part kind of varies, but ultimately just like trying to avoid the people to start and then picking areas with high, high habitat diversity. And like what I mean by that even more on a specific specific scale is if I can see like if I can see like marsh and ridges and clear cuts mixed on those ridges and hardwoods mixed on those ridges and CRP and all these things and it's like I always just say like if you look at an aerial photo and you can see a bunch of different colors like that's what I'm looking for like just as many colors as possible because if it's all just green it's all just timber or in y'all's case in Nebraska it's all just brown it's just like there's probably not that much going on there the hot the pot deer population probably isn't very high but if you got a bunch of different colors on that map mixed in with that brown in Nebraska or that uh or that hardwoods in you know Kentucky whatever it's like then you can expect there's going to be more edge more edge means more deer so that's kind of the starting point really it's just like picking Might have lost him. Well, might have lost you. You got him, Zach, or no? No, I think he's froze. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I guess I'll pause this recording. All right, I'm, we're back recording now. Um, all right, here we are. Um, sorry, we had a little technical difficulties there, but. Well, we got it all sorted out, so no worries, Zach. That's it's, and it's all my fault. I, for anybody wondering, it is 100% my mistake. <laughs> no, no worries, man. No worries. That, that stuff happens. But, um, you know, I think uh, you know one thing Zach and I were just chatting about before you hopped on again was uh, more just touch on. You know, obviously, I mean, you guys are hunting public land. Um, I mean, you just want to talk about just a little bit about you know dealing with other hunters you know how you guys you know try to stay away from other people um or if you don't or you know what kind of what your strategy is regarding that i guess that'd be that'd be good to know i think to get away from people i mean we just made a we just made a video on our channel to kind of diving into this a little bit uh, in a little bit more detail maybe but um or maybe maybe there's something to pick up there too but like one of the big mistakes I think that people make is they go consistently just go in at the same area as everybody else. So like if I'm looking at a piece 
I'm not just looking at like, okay, here's the parking lot and then here's the trail going in. I'm looking at how can I avoid that spot and how can I avoid where I think, you know, kind of what I, you're basically trying to predict that hunting pressure and you're just going around it. Um, I mean, that's kind of a obvious thing, right? Like goal is to avoid hunting pressure, but like, um, just just trying to think outside of the box as far as like how can I get in here a different way than everybody else is doing it and I think one way is just avoiding major trails major parking lots major roads again like if you're if I'm driving into a piece of public land and there's a paved road smack in the middle of it like that's a no-no like not hunting there I mean don't get me wrong I'll do it on occasion, but it's mostly an observation as far as like, Hey, nobody's been in there. Nobody's parking there. I don't know why, but like, let's go do it. Uh, for the most part, it's like trying to find some real strange access and like stuff that, you know, isn't jumping out at you on the map. Um, that's the main way we stay away. And then when we bump into people, I mean, just talk to them either, you know, if we bump into somebody at a parking lot, talk to them for sure. Like I, it blows my mind to see guys that just like turn and walk away from, uh, you know, me as the other hunter. It's just like, I don't want you to do that. Like, I don't want to like keep doing this. Like let's avoid doing this any more than we already have. And like, I'm not mad at you. It's not a problem. Like it's just an expectation you have that any, at any given time, everything could just like blow up. Right. It's like, um, and I think just kind of having that mentality too of just being like, Hey, I gotta be, I have to be okay with this because if I'm not, I'm not going to have a good time. Um, you know, I think having that mentality has really made it easy. I mean, dealing with other hunters, I don't even consider it dealing with the other hunters. It's just like, yeah, occasionally you bump into somebody and you just make it work. And, and it's pretty easy if you have that mentality and, and especially I mean, it makes it especially easy if the other guy has that same mentality. It's just like, hey, I'm going this way. I'm going this way. It's like, sweet. You know, I've been seeing some nice bucks. Like, yeah, me too. You know, and you'd be surprised that like the friends that you can meet. I mean, I've, I've, there are people that I've met on public land that I still talk to years later, just meeting them, just having a conversation with them. I drug a buck out of a spot in Iowa that I met some, uh, a couple of brothers couple of summers ago I was out there and there's two brothers and they're standing there and they were checking out their, 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 their grandpa owned um, block right outside the public that I hunt and they hunt the public and that block got to talking to them and um, you know it, we chat through text message and everything and last year he texted me and said hey I just shot one of the bucks that actually Jake and Ted had had on camera and I was like, sweet. It's like, you know, help me pull them out. And it's like, just a guy, you know, just a guy that I met out there. So I don't know. I think, I think being open-minded is the most important thing in that regard. Yeah. I know. Uh, you know, you talk about, you know, different ways to access pieces. You know, I know you guys, I mean, I literally just watched an episode. Uh, I think it, while I was watching your episode, it was one, uh, I don't remember what season it was. It's one of the seasons on, uh, is it on Prime? Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, you uh, you'd shot a buck in Iowa. I don't remember where it was, but you were you guys had used the canoe to get in and out basically. And 
and I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like just, you know, I don't know why. Just getting yeah. into you, freaking going to your spot, you see this giant, you know, with big four by four with kind of a four by five, I guess. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, just like thinking outside the box of that stuff. It's just oh man, that's just so cool. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but you guys do that quite a bit as far as like, you know, using I mean, it seems like I've seen several episodes where you try to use water to get in and out of places or stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, if the opportunity is there, definitely water is a big one. I mean, it makes water makes it so that you can just like cover a bunch of ground fast, or like just can kind of continually hunt an area um, without like. I mean, I don't want to say I, I feel like it's so cliche, but like leaving a bunch of scent. Like, I don't really care about that that much, to be honest. Especially with the style of hunting that I have, like being super mobile like not really even setting up anymore at this point i mean very very rarely um in the grand scheme of it but it's like um you know worry about scent too much but it definitely helps that like you can kind of get away with a little bit more of like you know you're just not touching as much of the ground if you're canoeing or kayaking in or whatever um you know there's a lot of weird stuff though too that i think when you're talking creative access like um like if I can walk straight up a hill, I'll do it, you know, just cause I know like most guys aren't going to walk straight up a hill. Like unfortunately most people just can't walk up multiple hills. You start adding hill after hill and the steepness there, they just can't do it. So just like being able to like do something that nobody else wants to do or walk straight through the thickest stuff right off the road to get, you know, into a different area. Um, sometimes sometimes walking around something just to get right back to the edge you know right by the road is another thing too you know to not be overlooked like sometimes those deer are just right by the road and you know getting creative as far as accessing them you know you can't just park right beside them and just walk right to them they're gonna run you know it's just the creative access thing i think um is a term that we creative access is a term that we were using really using it back at Midwest Whitetail, like creative access. And it almost just became like creative access just meant water access to, you know, a fair amount of folks and and maybe even us to a certain degree. But like, it's not just that. It's like any way that you can get creative with the way you're going in or um, just doing something, again, just doing something different than the crowd is going to help you a ton, whether that's water walking up a steep hill, walking on the inside of a creek bank, you know, slipping and sliding all around, walking across cattails, whatever it may be, um, just to put yourself in a situation most hunters aren't going to put themselves into. Definitely. Yeah, those are, those are all really good points. Kind of, you know, we've talked about a lot on here, just doing what other people aren't willing to do is going to put you in a situation where you're going to, be set up for success you know if you're if you're willing to do something that the you know the average guy isn't going to do probably got a good chance of you know having a shot at something anyways going to the areas where a lot of people aren't willing to go mm-hmm. well, those were all excellent tips zach you said something there that you know i i think a lot of people are going to be interested in hearing about and the first time i remember watching you was actually on midwest whitetail and what got my attention was i saw you hunting from the ground in a ghillie suit 
And you're just on there. I mean, you were killing bigger deer than anybody on there. And I'm like, man, this guy's hunting from the ground in a ghillie suit. And first time I watched him, I was like, hunting from the – I'd never seen it before. And I, I'm just like, man, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, you're just killing deer left and right. It's like, this guy's knows something, you know. There's something to this. You want to talk about hunting from the ground? I know you guys use wind bumping and stuff, but it's just a unique way – you guys hunt from the ground and man you it is really effective for you guys if, just if you want to talk a little bit about that I, I think that'd be great yeah i little backstory on it just to kind of get a idea where it wasn't just so it's not just like hey i just started hunting off the ground and like awesome it's working you know it's like i I had a point like not that long ago, really until I started doing this, like say 20, so 2017 was the first, first time that I like pretty much went full season doing it. Um, still hunting out of a stand. I mean, I still hunt out of a stand occasionally now. Um, but I would say almost primarily, I mean, consider it mostly or all ground hunting at this point with occasional situations where I feel like the stand is, or, or we use saddles now, but, um, getting elevated, I guess is, um, beneficial, but it started because I hit a point where I was just like, you know what, man, I don't really like deer hunting as much as I like turkey hunting. I mean, I still don't know that I do, but, um, it's like day in and day out. Turkey hunting is like way more fun, like way, way more fun. Like I just sit in this dang tree stand all day and just get super bored. And, you know, I mean, I, an all day sit to me. I know some guys get super fired up on it. It sounds like torture. It is torture to me. Like I hate that. I hate sitting all day. I don't feel it doesn't make me feel good. Like I just like I'm a guy that likes to move around, right? And it just was becoming not fun. Like deer hunting, the act of deer hunting was just like not that fun. It's like I gotta do something different. Not that it was ever like I shouldn't say not that fun. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like it. It's like, it just wasn't as fun as I knew it could be. Like I got to do something different. So I started hunting off the ground, uh, trying different stuff uh, off the ground and uh, you know, just went into it completely trial and error. I mean, I, nobody, you know, it's just like anything like, you know, you're kind of starting from scratch. I didn't really have anybody that was teaching me. I was watching, um, Whitetail Adrenaline, though, and I don't know if you guys are familiar or any listeners are familiar or not, but I highly recommend it. They're, like, my favorite uh, thing to watch for sure. But if you've never seen Whitetail Adrenaline, to definitely check it out. But they um, they do, like, all off the ground. And I was watching them. I'm like, man, I got to do that. And I started just, like, trying it. I did a lot of setups at first, and the setups work and and I, I still do them but when it really started becoming the most fun to me it was like I really feel like I kind of hit a stride in 2019 just last year it's like and I've really started to like hone that that style in and what it comes down to now is like for one it's just an impatience thing to start and once I started hunting off the ground, I'm having a lot more fun. But then it was just like, man, I can get to places. I get to more good spots and like really, really good spots than I ever did with the tree stand. I'm lighter. 
I don't have as much noise maker on me. Like I'm not clanking a bunch of like tree stand noise on brush and junk. You know, I'm not making, I'm not making uh, a big scene out there. And I'm not also not wearing myself out carrying a stand around. I can just go hunt all day and not get worn out because I'm, you know, got shoulder straps weighing me down, whatever. Um, and that ultimately just like leads to just what I believe to be a more efficient style of hunting. Now there's a learning curve there. Your first year, your first two years, you know, you maybe not, are not going to be as, you're not going to be really great at it, but if it's something that you're interested in doing, like just make the leap because yeah, there's going to be a learning curve. But like when you first started tree stand hunting, you didn't know when to draw your bow still, you know, but because you've tree stand hunted now, you're going to have a head start in the ground hunting thing, but there's a difference. Like you can't just like draw whenever you want. Like you can sometimes in a really covered tree stand, like, you know, you got to play that a little bit more, but you get really good at learning to read the deer. You can see, you know, you're looking at their eyes, you're looking at, you know, um, what they're paying attention to. And it just, it almost becomes like this, like, well, I would say it is for sure just a more intimate hunt when you're hunting deer that are at eye level. Um, and again, you just become, I think when you nail it and you really figure it out, you start to become more efficient in, in this regard, right? I'll use a, this is the example I use all the time. I used to go into a spot. This is tree stand days. Not that long ago, I'd go in, I'd be, scouting in Iowa and it'd be winter it'd be March and here I am walking around looking at all the sign from the whole last year you know there's sign everywhere and I'm just like ah like overload like look at this rub line it's sweet this is for sure where bucks are and this is for sure where they're going to be and in my head I would pick this date or this window and when I get a good weather day I'm going to go in there and I'm going to set up right in that tree and I'm going to have perfect shooting lane to this and I would get to all that, all that hype in my head. And all year, I'd let all this time go by, you know, and I'd just have that in my head. I'd have Oct October 31st, I'm going to go in there for the first time, and I'm going to set up, and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till it's good. And, like, I would just do that, and then all of a sudden, I'd get there on that day. And, like, it literally happened almost every time I would get my number one spot in my head. Almost always was just a complete bust. I would get there, and, like, the sign just wasn't hot like i'd set up i'd sit there i really wouldn't see that many deer just be like sitting there like well this sucks you know but now the difference is is like i just go walk up and i see if the sign's there or not and like if it is then i stop or if it is i uh, you know if i feel like i need to go deeper i just keep going deeper and you basically i think eliminate this time where you're wasting time setting up i think setting up can be a huge waste of time like there's a lot of days i'll go hunting and i don't set up and i'm okay with that like i don't have to set up to have a successful hunt because at some point i have to stage up that successful hunt i have to plan that out and like what i feel like happens a lot is like people scout and then they just like throw these sits at it and they're just like hopefully 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 boom they get one but they're not ever really hunting anything. They're just like sitting. They're just sitting on it and hoping. And that's the way I felt like I was doing. It's just like, yeah, I got these 10 good spots or, or yeah, I've got these, you know, I got 10 days to hunt. I got 10 good spots that I want to go hunt. It was just like, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Now it's just like, 
yeah, I mean, I can go into this block and it's like, yeah, he's in there somewhere. Let's go find him and just do it. And like, it's not like, I mean, they're just like cows of the woods. It's like, they're not, they're not like these mystical creatures that are like so smart that they're going to get you every time. Like they're out there, you can go get them. And like, to me, that's fun. Like I was talking about turkey hunting being more fun. And like, I'd say they're much more leveled out at this point, because to me, it feels like turkey hunting. It, feel, it feels like that same, I get that same thing out of it. I can go hunt something and that's just, uh, I don't know. I get pretty wild on that one. I'm feeling, I'm feeling hyped up now, but, um, it's just like, I don't know. It's just fun, man. It's fun. And to me, it's just efficient. Like I just, I just, I don't feel like I waste time anymore. And I'm yeah. really happy about that. Like you said, there is a learning curve, but I mean, it's trial and error. I mean, you've figured out what works for you and what doesn't, mm-hmm. and that might take a couple of years, but you've, it's more effective for you. You know, like you said, there's a lot of guys who love to sit there in a stand and, you know, that's great. They, they kill deer, you know, but you found something that works for you. And when you, right. You, and I'm, I'm not, one thing I'll say too, sorry, sorry, keep cutting you off, but like, no, no worries. I know a lot of guys that are really, really good at sitting in really good pinch points and sit, can sit all day and they just shoot giant bucks, you know, year in and year out. And like, if you get, if you can, if you get excitement and you feel like you're getting a full experience out of that, like by all means do it. And I, I totally also accept the fact that I may be a bit of an oddball in the fact of like, I mean, I could, if you told me if I sat in the stand all day for seven days and I shot, you know, a 200 inch buck, I wouldn't do it. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. It's not fun to me. You know, it's just like if I sat there for seven days and that was like the reward at the end of it. To me, that's not the full experience to me, the full experience. I mean, I'd rather still hunt around for seven days and shoot a, you know, basket rack because that's the experience I want to get and shoot them off the ground at five yards. You know, to me, that's a full experience. And I think if you're seeking that, if you feel like there's more to it than what you're doing, then just try something different. You know, that's, that's my biggest, my biggest like hope with the ground hunting ultimately is like, don't let deer hunting be something that's like boring or not that fun because it can be done in different ways. It doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing, you know? exactly i think you hit the nail on the head you know if it's if you're in it you know for for the inches and that's what gets you going that's great but like you said that just doesn't get you going hunting from the mm-hmm. grounds is what you know it's what it's what you found that not only works for you but like you said you'd rather kill a basket rack off the ground than a 200 inch sitting seven days <laughs> something to be said when you when a guy says that you know you know, he's not in it just for the inches. He loves the experience. And mm-hmm. that's what it's about at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. I just, yeah. Man, I just think that ground hunt is just absolutely amazing. Like you said, it takes a while to figure out, but when you're in the, when you can be an instigator in that situation, put yourself, you know, at the level of the deer. And I can't even imagine. I mean, the I cool thing, the cool thing about it too, to me is just like, if I observe something, it's just like, I'm. it's right now. Like the move is right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not, oh, I got to pull this whole tree stand down and move it over there. It's just like, 
heck ha I mean, Jake and Ted have gotten pretty effective at doing this thing. We haven't doc we haven't actually made very many videos about it, and I don't really know why we haven't, but uh a couple of the hunts have just been lost in the uh non-edited footage bank, I guess. But Jake and Ted have done some hunts where um these are the guests in the hunting public, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. These right, are my you're, fine. you're fine. Go ahead. Um, they bump deer and then chase them and go get on that same deer that day. A lot of times watch him bed down and get back right back on that buck. And that's something I haven't done in the same day, but I've done it the day after. Um, I mean, you got to think of it like no matter what, like I, let's put it this way. I hear this term often get a question of like, do you think, <laughs> do you think they will come out? What? Like <laughs> they're always out there. Like you just have to know where they're out there at, you know? And it's like, even if you bump one, if you're dealing with a huge piece of public land, like he's still actually out there on the public land that you can hunt. Like he doesn't just like, go under the ground and bury in a hole like he's still out there like just go attack it go hunt it and i think i think the the term hunt really just to me means like pursuing game and i sometimes feel like we forget that as hunters we just are like well it's over now well it's not really like he's still there he still exists he's not dead yet and i think that I don't know. Again, I'm just kind of rambling, I feel, but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just talking about the things that make it really fun to me. And it make it makes it just like kind of, it, it kind of it helps me relax from like the old things that I used to think were like what I had to do. I used to think that I had to not spook a buck. I used to think that I had to have the perfect wind. I had to have the perfect setup. I had to have the perfect tree stand cover you know and it's like i don't have to have any of that anymore because at the end of the day it's just like hunting can be a lot of instinct and a lot of um just reading the situation you know it's all just situational nothing's perfect but being able to like read that situation and make the most of it is um something that you can continue to get better at and i think i just love that process i mean i really do love that process absolutely that's an that's awesome perspective and some um there's a lot of nuggets in there that i need to write down but no <laughs> oh man that's that's fantastic you know definitely uh um you know like zach said that that ground hunting thing i mean that's that's uh that's pretty cool you know i know i mean just from uh you know our, our kind of circle of people and there's not a lot of guys that do that. Sorry, my dog's making noise. But, um, and so, you know, it's it's always refreshing to, you know, sort of hear. And I, I can I can see and I can hear the, you know, the enthusiasm and the, you know, like the fire in your voice almost related to I'm sweating. It. I'm just sitting here. Sweating. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Like, you know, yeah. that's what it's all about, you know. And, mm -hmm. and, and you, you kind of mentioned it too. It's like, you know, if, and, you know, I, it, you know, if it, you know, if it's not fun, you know, make it fun, you know, do something mm -hmm. like, you know, that's a great point. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, 
I think, yeah, you, you know, you kind of mentioned, I think we just get so caught up sometimes and just like, well, this is the way we do it. You know, this is how we do it. This is how we kill, you know, this is what we do. And, and yeah, I mean, but you don't have to do that. Like try something different. Yeah. And I mean, if you got a strategy that works for you, you know, and like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely things that like, I, I maybe have a new like set of things that I do, but that like, I try to not ever limit it to that. And I also try to never like be like, uh, like for example, you know, we we have guys uh, like interns come interns or whatever. I mean, really just end up being like your best friend, but you know, like <laughs> Grant, like Grant and I did a quite a bit of ground hunting together in Iowa last year. And like, while Grant doesn't have as much experience doing it as I do, like sometimes that's okay. Or sometimes his, like sometimes his perspective brought this whole new idea to me that I was just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm overlooking that or I'm, or I'm, I'm, I'm moving too fast for that as a bit. That's my, that's my problem. Usually I'm moving too fast for, um, certain situations and I need to just slow down. I think, um, I guess where I was going with that is, is like, um, keeping that open mind is important. And I think, again, it just comes back to like, it's unfortunate to me. I feel that there's a fair amount of people that I think are like in this deer hunting rut and not the kind of rut you want to be in. You're in this like, eh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to the same stands. I'm, you know, and you're, maybe you're killing bucks every year. Maybe you're killing huge bucks every year, but are you, um, are you getting out of it what you want to get out of it? Are you getting that full experience? And if you're not, then just like go do it. And, and really I, I want to credit somebody for saying that to me the first time and really open up to that like kind of get that full experience for yourself is um, I don't know how big a turkey hunters you guys are, but I really look up to Dave Owens a lot. He's a guy that does a lot of travel turkey hunting and um, he does a YouTube channel called the Pinhody Project. Are you guys familiar? I'm not. Uh, personally. Yeah, I don't think so. So he, um, you should check it out. It's awesome. But uh, he, he, he does all, um, all his hunts are like no decoy, um, just a call and he hunts with a shotgun. He hunts with 20 gauge. And, um, you know, he was talking about like, we, I, we were doing a podcast with him a while back and this is the first time I'd ever talked to him is during this podcast. And he said, you know, to each his own, like by all means, like if you want to use decoys and you want to use, um, you know, if you want to hunt whatever ground you want to hunt, whatever you do, decoys you want to use, whatever. But like, to me, that's not the full experience. And to me, I get the full experience with no decoys and just, you know, my calls and my gun. And when he said that, it was like, man, like, that's an awesome perspective. And I just want to give him credit for that because I think that that's a really cool, like, mentality to have because everybody's going to do things different i mean and after he said that i started doing the same thing with no decoys and i'm having even more, i'm having more fun i'm learning more about turkey hen than i ever have before but you know the next guy may just be just maybe starting to get into it and you know he's 
learning how to use decoys and he's going through that process. You know, everybody's at different levels. Everybody's at different interests. Everybody has different goals, but again, getting that experience, the most out of the experience is like a personal choice. It becomes a personal choice. And, and the tough thing is, is it's tough to recognize that it's a personal choice. I think it's, it's like, um, you don't realize that you can make a change sometimes. I didn't realize I could make a change for the longest time. I just kept doing the same thing, deer hunting. Just like kept doing the same thing. And then finally I made a change and it's like, hey, that's a lot better experience, <laughs> you know? And it's like that change can be a number of things. It doesn't have to be getting down out of the tree stand and being, you know, full on ground hunter. It doesn't have to be that. It's just like, you know, if you're in a rut, get out of that rut. Well, you're spot on. Like you said, to, to each his own, you know, mm -hmm. all, all boils down, you know, what the experience means to you. Who cares what everyone else thinks, you know? Yeah. You find a way of hunting that, you know, gets you going and it, it makes you passionate. That's what it's all about. You know, worry about, just worry about what it means to you. Quit thinking mm -hmm. about what everybody else thinks. That's right. But, uh, I think everybody needs to have that mentality. I mean, whether you're, a seasoned hunter you've been doing it your whole life you're just getting started i think if you're gonna enjoy hunting that's something needs to be i mean on top of your mind all the time mm -hmm. definitely well said um let's see what else we got here zach you wanna just trying to look over we, we just had a couple things sort of written down sure yep. Um, oh, I see we only got uh, 640 left here in the meeting. Should we just restart it and finish with the last couple questions? Yeah, that'd be fine. I'll, uh, I'll, it'll take me a second to, it'll download. Um, and then I'll just start a new meeting right away and send you guys both links here real quick. Okay. Uh, sure. Yep. That works. Okay. Uh, Give me right. a sec. All right. We're back guys. Um, I guess one thing we had written down here, Zach, um, the, uh, I know you went on your first elk hunt last year, right? Last year. Yep. Um, I'm going on my first elk hunt this year, man. So I'm super pumped, but talk a little Sweet. bit about that. And, uh, yeah, just tell us about that experience. Yeah. It, so awesome. First off, I mean, really the, the, uh, it's hard it's really hard to like explain how sweet it is as far as you know and I did a backpacking hunt so so I guess that's an important thing to put out there it's like we did a backpacking um hunt we were in Colorado over the counter um in the first 10 days I was with um Ted from the hunting public and then uh Cody and Wes from um born and raised outdoors uh, maybe maybe listeners know of them they're kind of do some they do some pretty similar i would say in the youtube world as we do just with elk and um those guys helped us like learn about elk a lot like just some things that i say them help the learning curve there just like kind of understanding like what like obviously we can look at sign and say okay that's that's elk sign we can say that's fresh elk sign or not fresh elk sign, but like this is a lot of sign and this isn't a lot of sign was like one of the main things that I learned from those guys learning about like 
just like how to set up camp as far as like how to make a plan to camp in a location where you can hear a lot. So if you're backpacking, like you can camp and hear elk and like be in the game, like while you sleep, basically. Um, it's something else that I learned from those guys. And that was, I think really helpful. And, um, you know, as far as hunting elk, you know, the terrain and the habitat, it's just like, it's so gigantic scale. Like the difference is you're not going home. And that's my favorite part for me. You know, I just love that aspect of like mixing backpacking and hunting. It's like sweet. Um, and then, you know, to me, it was just like the perfect mix as far as the actual act of the hunt is just like a perfect mix of if you could just take whitetail and turkey and just like make it one. That's what it is. Um, so many similarities of the way those elk are like a bugling tom, or uh, I'm sorry, a bugling bull is like a gobbling tom. Um, bugling tom, yeah, yeah right. Um, <laughs> there, there's just there's so many things that they do that are so similar. Like they want to get to high ground, they um, will hang up, they will you know want you to come to them. You know, there's so many aspects of it that are similar, um, and then like. Uh, just being up in that type of country is so incredible I think you know to me that's the wildest part it's just like going to such a unique area and actually being being hunting not just hiking and you know exploring you know it's like you're actually out there hunting I think that was super cool um, and then I guess the second half of the the time I was elk hunting this past season I hunted it was my first year hunting them, but I hunted like I think a total of like 21 days for elk last year or something like just something stupid. And uh, the second half of the that trip or that month, I was hunting with my buddy Ben and uh, Colin. Actually, my buddies Ben and Colin actually when I ended up shooting a bull, and um, just that that experience was like, okay, we just put everything you know, all our past hunting experiences to work and then what I learned from those guys from born and raised and just got hiked as hard as we could one after the first afternoon we got there and got good ways in there got up to a high point where we could hear a lot and um, next morning we're packing up camp getting everything ready to rock and Ben's just like dude I've never heard one in real life but pretty sure I just heard a bow bugle over there and sure enough he ended up coming closer to us and he passed us and I feel like we're going to lose electricity here. <laughs> Sorry, we got wild storms happening, but um, he, he, he heard that bowl. We stopped right as we got camp packed. He bugled like pretty dang close to us. And then we moved up to where he was. He didn't bugle for a while. Long, long story short, he was on the move. And we just eventually picked a spot and we're like, let's get to right there. Like if he's not right there, like he's going to keep moving and it's going to be, you know, the rest of the day, we're just going to be kind of following him. And, 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 and that's not the end of the world. Um, it was just like, we're not going to be right on him. Like we thought we were. And sure enough, we went right to that spot and that's where he was. And he got aggressive and got right in there on him and got a shot. I'm at 30 yards. And I mean, the pack out then is just a whole nother, like, I mean, 
is like a whole nother like lifetime of memories just in that pack out is like so incredible like it's hard hard in a good way hard in the way that i like it to be you know it's like i mean it pushes your limits and it, that's that i love that i mean i it's it's physically and mentally like draining and that's awesome i just i love that like what do people call it i think they call it like type two fun type or something yep. yeah i mean that's like that is i don't even know that i would call it type two like to me that's just that is fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was awesome and and i highly recommend it i mean to be honest the similarities too and the fact of like it's still public land hunting like if there's a trail better believe somebody's going to be on it if there's a four-wheeler trail you better believe a lot of a lot of guys are going to be on it. Um, you know, just stuff like kind of not following the crowd, finding creative ways to get up into areas where you think elk are going to be. And then, I mean, if you have that option to backpack or not, or like you feel like in any way that that could be of any advantage to you, like do it. Cause it is like, I think I've heard this, let's put it this way. I've heard this a lot. I've heard a lot of guys say, now the elk are just going up. You can't catch them. Well, yeah, they're going up, but like, why not just be up there with them? Like if you can just picture a mountain and picture a guy starting at that mountain at the bottom every day, those elk are feeding low, you know, they feed lower elevation and they move up to bed. The elk and the human are at the bottom of the mountain. Gets daylight. And as it gets daylight, that elk starting to go up the mountain. Well, if humans following He's never catching that elk, especially if he's got to go back down for lunch at the bottom of the hill. But even if that elk follows you got you up and you don't have to go back, or, or I'm sorry, if that elk goes and you're following him, even if you don't have to go back at all, like you're just up there. Now you're up there. That's where they are. And you can hunt them all day. You know, it's like at any point it can just break loose. And I think that's the, the one just like really mind boggling thing to me is like people still think that they should chase them up and then go back down and then do it again tomorrow. It's like, just go up there and stay. Cause like, that's where they are. And like, they can't go any higher than the top. <laughs> so like just being up there at that elevation that they want to be at, is like just a very, very, very good starting point. Now there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but at least you're in the game. And I think with elk hunting being in the game, often is the key because i mean we called in before i got a shot at that bull i think we were seven or eight bulls probably called into bow range before we actually got a shot at one so it wasn't like it was the first one it was like oh finally got one in it's like yeah. hey this one finally gave us an opportunity and like most times they're coming in you're just like eh, this probably isn't ever going to work because like you can't control the wind it's not like a it's not like a deer stand where you're like yeah you know, the wind's going perfect and it's real consistent. It's like you're in the freaking mountains, man. Like it's going up one minute and the next minute it is just ripping down and then it's going, you know, every which direction. So it's like most of the time you're at the disadvantage, but like if you're at the spots they want to be, just like with deer, if you're where they are, you got higher odds, man. Awesome experience though. It was the best time, best hunting. I mean, I would say just the most fun all around hunting I've ever had. Absolutely. That's what you always hear about guys hunting elk. They get one taste of it and they want to go every year. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's game over. Once you start doing it You're hooked for life. <laughs> oh yeah. Agreed. For sure. Yeah, it gets me all jacked, ready to go here. <laughs> <laughs> need to go for another run, I guess, today, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, oh, that's awesome, man. That's what an experience for sure. And yeah, Colorado over the counter, you know, just doing it, man. Just doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing uh more over more of that over the counter stuff. I'm going back with my friend Ben this year. I'm gonna film him. Um and then we've got stuff you know points starting in wyoming and arizona and i'm sure i'm sure here soon we'll you know hunt idaho over the counter and um that's where we're going yeah there's oregon's over the counter too um they got the roosevelt elk um or at least that those those units are at least are the ones that are over the counter and then um what are some oh like Montana is like pretty easy to actually elk hunt you know you could elk hunt Montana every year and I mean I think one of the things that you know from a guy that doesn't live in an elk hunting state or never has lived in an elk hunting state at least it's like I was always uh, under the impression like growing up in Ohio like well you can't hunt elk like you can't you do a, it's a it's a once in a lifetime thing and that's that's a hundred percent a decision because you can hunt elk literally every you can hunt them in multiple states every year yeah i mean and it's just like something to be honest to be completely honest with you guys i literally did not know that that was a thing until like a year ago it's just like oh what like everybody's been lying to me this like i was under the impression that it took like you know 15 years to draw an elk tag in most places and you know what i mean and it's just what's that i said that's in arizona where you're putting your points in right right yeah exactly exactly and i was i mean that was just because because that's what i'd heard of and you know even it's just this something that like if you're again if you're wanting to do it don't wait because like yeah i mean you're never guaranteed the health to be able to do it i guess and i think that if you can if you can pull it off and you can swing it with you know, money and work and everything. I mean, totally do it. It's and, and really the other thing is too, it's like, it's not as expensive as, I mean, the tag's expensive. And once you buy the gear though, once you buy the gear, I mean, it's like literally yeah. the yeah. tag and food and the, and the fuel, but like otherwise it's pretty yeah. easy to do. Reading a forum the other day, it's on the bow site. This kid was asking, you know, first time elk hunt plan in 10 years from now, what's everybody's input and everybody's putting why wait now that was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life go mm-hmm. right now over the counter get the experience because you're going to learn more from that and he goes save points in other states but go every year while you can because you're going to run out of health before you run out of money so yeah we'll yeah and, I mean, and the other thing is too if you if you really you know if you're really serious about doing it start planning it and in january budget it out you know it's it's one of those things like make a few sacrifices here and there in life, maybe, you know, buy one less case of beer a month or something and start adding it into the, you know, into the, the, the elk savings account or whatever. And I think you'd be surprised how quickly you could get all the gear, especially for something like this backpacking. Like I'm literally sitting here looking at my backpack laying in the corner and it's just like, I'm planning on doing some hiking here in, in uh, South Dakota, maybe staying overnight a couple nights, but, just like sitting here looking at it, it's like everything I need 
to go elk hunting is right there aside from my bow and like you know maybe a few extra hunting things like calls and stuff but it's like in the grand scheme of it like that stuff wasn't that big of a deal like two grand I think you could do like all the gear for for sure or less I mean if you depending on how much you want to spend I mean it's like just one of those things I guess that um I look back at my uh, past beliefs on it and I'm just like man you almost messed up bad like I almost didn't do it as early as I did it in my life you know it's like I wish I would I wish I would have realized it when I was as soon as I graduated high school I could have started making more plans you know but it's but it's all right I still feel like I get a pretty early start and it's something that I plan to continue to do like a lot more (laughs) yeah no you you brought up two good points there Zach um well both Zach's brought up two good points there but (laughs) But, uh, you know just talking about uh you know just you're never guaranteed anything and so taking advantage of the opportunities that you're given and you know you're not guaranteed health you're not guaranteed anything you know it's if you if you can go elk hunting this year and you can swing it you do it if you want to do it you know like mm-hmm. um and the other thing too is like you know you know i know i've heard a lot uh you know different podcasts and things you know talking about you know opportunity states versus you know trophy states or whatever and so think that's important to keep in mind too is yeah some states are designed to be uh you know more of more of a trophy kind of thing and those are the ones that you know if you if you can you know put in for the points save you you know bide your time and you know hopefully that it won't take 25 points to draw a tag but at some point in your life but you know but um but uh you know but you at least have that option if maybe there's a unit that has a little better you know more elk or deer or whatever and you know, it's like i mean it's like iowa you know it's like you can yeah. you can put in for iowa and you know hunt for for archery you know and, and and you can do that or you could go to missouri or wisconsin or nebraska or minnesota or illinois and you can hunt those states every year it's like it's just like you can go get that experience and then when you do draw an Iowa tag or whatever it's the same thing then you got all those experience from those other states all those years you were waiting and now it's just like you've got that that skill honed in but if you only are ever you know hoping for that one Iowa time you know that time in Iowa it's going to be a lot harder to get a big buck than than you think if you don't get that extra experience and in my opinion you know same thing with elk it's like you know if if at some point I do draw an Arizona tag, for example, I'm going to be really happy that I had all that experience hunting those over the counter and general tag units that like, you know, I, I'll be, I know I'm going to be happy that I did it because it's just going to put experience wins. You know, I, I, I find myself in our own podcast, like going through this thing where I'm just like, man, it's like, we have guests on and we get to the end of the conversation. It's just like, dude, do you feel like sometimes you're just saying the same stuff? Because it's like, you can't ever say you like, you can't give somebody, you can't give a listener experience, you know, it's like, like I look at something, I look at sign and you look at sign and you look at sign and everybody listening looks at sign and everybody goes in their memory bank and they go grab experiences and then they put it into the present. 
And like, if you don't have a bunch of stuff to go back and grab, you can't make the best out of the present. And like, unfortunately, like, there's this like need for the easy, the easy answer. And like, there just isn't one, man. It's the same thing. And I mean, it's the same thing in anything like baseball. It's like, you can read how to have the perfect swing or the perfect pitch and pitching form and everything. And, but like, unless you practice a bunch and get a bunch of experience, you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to hit a bunch of home runs. You're not going to hone that swing in to your best potential. If you don't have, you know, you can reach out and to find good starting points and podcasts and videos and stuff. And those are going to help you get a starting point, but until you get out and do it, then you're not going to get the most out of out of it because you're just not getting those experiences. And, and it's the same thing with the tag thing. If you get a bunch of experiences, then by the time you draw tags or whatever, like you're going to have real good odds. Yeah. Definitely. Just out here rambling. Sorry. Sorry, no, guys. Good. <laughs> good, good, good All of it. Um, yeah, man. Zach, you got any uh, other questions for, for Zach? <laughs> I don't know. I guess kind of touched on. I think he covered it all pretty good. Is, Zach, is there anything else you want to add that you're just you're dying to let everybody know or a favorite memory or something you just want to close with or anything? Mm. <sighs> favorite uh, yeah, it's hard to have a favorite memory. I think I just love, I think, I think I love it all. And I think my, like, just a final tip is just like, enjoy every chance you get to go do it because it's just like, like we talked about. I mean, you're definitely never guaranteed tomorrow. And like, it's just, it's meant to be fun. And if you start to lose any amount of like fun in it, like rethink it and figure out how to have fun again. Cause like, that's what it's all about, man. Like enjoy it with your buddies and stuff and like go get out of your comfort zone and do new stuff. And, you know, to me, there's so much more to hunting than just the, you know, shooting something even. It's just everything in my life, I think revolves around like the skills and the, that it's the, the mentalities that I have while hunting, you know, it's like, it, it helps you grow as a person. And I think, just you know sometimes taking a step back to think about that is important uh you know i definitely know that sometimes i don't sometimes i get so stressed out that i'm thinking about well where are these deer where are these turkeys you know where why aren't they gobbling like why why can't we see a shooter you know whatever and all of a sudden it's like you know what hey it's okay like slow down enjoy it and usually when i do that is usually how things start to play out so i mean that's just kind of a final thought i guess it's like just go enjoy it and like yeah i mean just go enjoy it have fun that's what it's all about that's why you started doing it in the first place i guarantee it is <laughs> it's just because it was simply fun and i love that Ian. well said yeah if you ever stop having fun that's a pretty good hint you better rethink some stuff like, <laughs> yeah. meant to be that, fun Don't it doesn't mean it doesn't mean stop either. I've heard like some people say like, if you're stop having fun, like it's time to hang it up. It's like, no, yeah. maybe just rethink it, you know, maybe just like reset, reset and like make new goals, make new, um, 
Yeah, just really make new goals, I think. And, exactly. You know. Just figure out what you're really doing it for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that was all excellent. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, like I said, Zach, thank you uh, so much for coming on. And we're going to end this recording here in a minute. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just really, really appreciate you just taking some time. And, um, you know, just I think, uh, I think people really enjoy this and, uh, you know, can relate to a lot of things that you said, you know, not about, not only about just hunting on public land and those types of things, but just, you know, I feel like you had a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, life lessons and different things in there too. So, you know, the, the wisdom of Zach Fahrenbaugh here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, but, um, but we should appreciate it. Um, I guess I'm going to sign off on this recording portion here and Zach, you got anything else to add? Well, thanks. Just thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me ramble. And I guess whatever, if you want to call it wisdom or whatever, but uh, I appreciate it. It was fun, fun conversation. Perfect. Well, with that, um, this is Kyle Klammer. This is Zach Welch. This is Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA. That it is. Thanks, guys. <laughs>